Chapter Six of the Master's Indwelling by Andrew Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christopher Smith. Christ our life. Colossians chapter three verse four. Christ who is our life. One question that rises in every mind is this: How can I live that life of perfect trust in God? Many do not know the right answer or the full answer. It is this: Christ must live it in me. That is what He became man for, as a man to live a life of trust in God, and so to show us how we ought to live. When He had done that upon earth, He went to heaven, that He might do more than show us, might give us, and live in us that life of trust. It is as we understand what the life of Christ is and how it becomes ours that we shall be prepared to desire and to ask of Him that He would live it Himself in us. When first we have seen what the life is, then we shall understand how it is that He can actually take possession and make us like Himself. I want especially to direct attention to that first question. I wish to set before you the life of Christ as He lived it. That we may understand what it is that He has for us, and that we can expect from Him. Christ Jesus lived a life upon earth that He expects us literally to imitate. We often say that we long to be like Christ. We study the traits of His character, mark His footsteps, and pray for grace to be like Him, and yet somehow we succeed but very little. And why? Because we are wanting to pluck the fruit. While the root is absent, if we want really to understand what the imitation of Christ means, we must go to that which constituted the very root of His life before God. It was a life of absolute dependence, absolute trust, absolute surrender, and until we are one with Him in what is the principle of His life, it is in vain to seek here or there to copy the graces of that life. In the gospel story, we find five great points of special importance: the birth, the life on earth, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension. In these, we have what an old writer has called the process of Jesus Christ, the process by which he became what he is today, our glorified King and our life. In all this life process, we must be made like unto him. Look at the first. What have we to say about his birth? This, he received his life from God. What about his life upon earth? He lived that life in dependence upon God. What about his death? He gave up his life to God. About his resurrection, he was raised from the dead by God. And about his ascension, he lives his life in glory with God. First, he received his life from God. And why is it of consequence that we should look to that? Because Christ Jesus had in that the starting point of his whole life. He said, "The Father sent me. The Father hath given the Son all things. The Father hath given the Son to have life in Himself." Christ received it as His own life, just as God has His life in Himself. And yet, all the time, it was a life given and received. Because the Father Almighty has given this life unto me, the Son of Man on earth, I can count upon God to maintain it and to carry me through all. And that is the first lesson we need. 
we need often to meditate on it and to pray and to think and to wait before god until our hearts open to the wonderful consciousness that the everlasting god has a divine life within us which cannot exist but through him i believe god has given his life it roots in him i shall feel it must be maintained by him we often think that god has given us a life which is now our own a spiritual life and that we are to take charge and then we complain that we cannot keep it right no wonder we must learn to live learn to live as jesus did i have a god-given treasure in this earthen vessel i have the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of christ i have the life of god's son within me given me by god himself and it can only be maintained by god himself as i live in fellowship with him what does the apostle paul teach us in romans six there where he has just told us that we must reckon ourselves dead unto sin and alive unto god in christ jesus he goes on at once to say therefore yield present yourselves unto god as those that are alive from the dead how often a christian hears solemn words about his being alive to god and his having to reckon himself dead indeed to sin and alive to god in christ he does not know what to do he immediately casts about how can i keep it this death and this life listen to what paul says the moment that you reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to god go with that life to god himself and present yourself as alive from the dead and say to god lord thou hast given me this life thou alone canst keep it i bring it to thee i cannot understand all i hardly know what i have got but i come to god to perfect what he has begun to live like christ I must be conscious every moment that my life has come from god and he alone can maintain it then secondly how did christ live out his life during the thirty-three years in which he walked here upon earth he lived it in dependence on god you know how continually he says the son can do nothing of himself the words that i speak i speak not of myself he waited unceasingly for the teaching and the commands and the guidance of the father he prayed for power from the father whatever he did he did in the name of the father he the son of god felt the need of much prayer of persevering prayer of bringing down from heaven and maintaining the life of fellowship with god in prayer we hear a great deal about trusting god most blessed and we may say ah that is what i want and we may forget what is the very secret of all that god in christ must work all in us i not only need god as an object of trust but i must have christ within as the power to trust he must live his own life of trust in me look at it in that wonderful story of paul the apostle the beloved servant of god he is in danger of self-confidence and god in heaven sends that terrible trial in asia to bring him down lest he trust in himself and not in the living god god watched over his servant that he should be kept trusting remember that other story about the thorn in the flesh in second corinthians twelve and think what that means he was in danger of exalting himself and the blessed master came to humble him and to teach him 
I keep thee weak, that thou mayest learn to trust not in thyself, but in me. If we are to enter the rest of faith and to abide there, if we are to live the life of victory in the land of Canaan, it must begin here. We must be broken down from all self-confidence and learn, like Christ, to depend absolutely and unceasingly upon God. There is a greater work to be done in that than we perhaps know. We must be broken down, and the habit of our souls must be unceasingly, I am nothing, God is all. I cannot walk before God as I should for one hour unless God keep the life he has given me. What a blessed solution God gives then to all our questions and our difficulties when he says, My child, Christ has gone through it all for thee. Christ hath wrought out a new nature that can trust God, and Christ the living one in heaven will live in thee and enable thee to live that life of trust. That is why Paul said, Such confidence have we toward God through Christ. What does that mean? Does it only mean through Christ as the mediator or intercessor? Verily, no. It means much more. Through Christ living in and enabling us to trust God as he trusted him. Then comes thirdly the death of Christ. What does that teach us of Christ's relation to the Father? It opens up to us one of the deepest and most solemn lessons of Christ's life one which the church of christ understands all too little we know what the death of christ means as an atonement and we can never emphasize too much that blessed substitution and bloodshedding by which redemption was won for us but let us remember that is only half the meaning of his death the other half is this just as much as christ was my substitute who died for me just so much he is my head in whom and with whom i die and just as he lives for me to intercede he lives in me to carry out and to perfect his life and if i want to know what that life is which he will live in me i must look at his death by his death he proved that he possessed life only to hold it and to spend it for god to the very uttermost, without the shadow of a moment's exception, he lived for God. Every moment, everywhere, he held life only for his God. And so, if one wants to live a life of perfect trust, there must be the perfect surrender of his life and his will, even unto the very death. He must be willing to go all lengths with Jesus, even to Calvary. When a boy, twelve years of age, Jesus said, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And again, when he came to Jordan to be baptized, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So on through all his life he ever said, It is my meat and drink to do the will of my father. I come not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Lo, I am come to do thy will, O God and in the agony of Gethsemane his words were, Not my will, but thine be done. Someone says, I do indeed desire to live the life of perfect trust. I desire to let Christ live it in me. I am longing to come to such an apprehension of Christ as shall give me the certainty that Christ will forever abide in me. I want to come to the full assurance that Christ, my Joshua, will keep me in the land of victory. What is needful for that? 
my answer is take care that you do not take a false christ an imaginary christ a half christ and what is the full christ the full christ is the man who said i give up everything to the death that god may be glorified i have not a thought i have not a wish i would not live a moment except for the glory of god you say at once what christian can ever attain that do not ask that question but ask has christ attained it and does christ promise to live in me accept him in his fullness and leave him to teach you how far he can bring you and what he can work in you make no conditions or stipulations about failure but cast yourself upon abandon yourself to this christ who lived that life of utter surrender to god that he might prepare a new nature which he could impart to you and in which he might make you like himself then you will be in the path by which he can lead you on to blessed experience and possession of what he can do for you christ jesus came into the world with the commandment from the father that he should lay down his life and he lived with that one thought in his bosom his whole life long and the one thought that ought to be in the heart of every believer is this i am in the death with christ absolutely unchangeably given up to wait upon god that god may work out his purpose and glory in me from moment to moment few attain the victory and the enjoyment and the full experience at once but this you can do take the right attitude and as you look to jesus and what he was say father thou hast made me a partaker of the divine nature a partaker of christ it is in the life of christ given up to thee to the death in his power and indwelling in his likeness that i desire to live out my life before thee death is a solemn thing an awful thing in the garden it cost christ great agony to die that death and no wonder it is not easy to us but we willingly consent when we have learned the secret in death alone the life of god will come in death there is blessedness unspeakable it was this made paul so willing to bear the sentence of death in himself he knew the god who quickeneth the dead the sentence of death is on everything that is of nature but are we willing to accept it do we cherish it are we not rather trying to escape the sentence or to forget it we do not believe fully that the sentence of death is on us whatever is of nature must die ask god to make you willing to believe with your heart that to die with christ is the only way to live in him you ask but must it then be dying every day yes beloved jesus lived every day in the prospect of the cross and we in the power of his victorious life being made conformable to his death must rejoice every day in going down with him into death take an illustration take an oak of some hundred years growth how was that oak born in a grave the acorn was planted in the ground a grave was made for it that the acorn might die it died and disappeared it cast roots downward and it cast shoots upward and now that tree has been standing a hundred years where is it standing in its grave all the time in the very grave where the acorn died it has stood there stretching its roots deeper and deeper into that earth in which its grave was made and yet all the time 
though it stood in the very grave where it had died it has been growing higher and stronger and broader and more beautiful and all the fruit it ever bore and all the foliage that adorned it year by year it owed to that grave in which its roots are cast and kept even so christ owes everything to his death and his grave and we too owe everything to that grave of jesus oh let us live every day rooted in the death of jesus be not afraid but say to my own will i will die to human wisdom and human strength and to the world i will die for it is in the grave of my lord that his life has its beginning and its strength and its glory this brings us to our next thought first christ received life from the father second christ lived it in dependence on the father third christ gave it up in death to the father and now fourth christ received it again raised by the father by the power of the glory of the father oh the deep meaning of the resurrection of christ what did christ do when he died he went down into the darkness and absolute helplessness of death he gave up a life that was without sin a life that was god-given a life that was beautiful and precious and he said i will give it into the hands of my father if he asks it and he did it and he was there in the grave waiting on god to do his will and because he honoured god to the uttermost in his helplessness god lifted him up to the very uttermost of glory and power christ lost nothing by giving up his life in death to the father and so if you want the glory and the life of god to come upon you it is in the grave of utter helplessness that that life of glory will be born jesus was raised from the dead and that resurrection power by the grace of god can and will work in us let no one expect to live a right life until he lives a full resurrection life in the power of jesus let me state in a different way what this resurrection means christ had a perfect life given by god the father said will you give up that life to me will you part with it at my command and he parted with it but god gave it back to him in a second life ten thousand times more glorious than that earthly life so god will do to every one of us who willingly consents to part with his life have you ever understood it jesus was born twice the first time he was born in bethlehem that was a birth into a life of weakness but the second time he was born from the grave he is the firstborn from the dead because he gave up the life that he had by his first birth god gave him the life of the second birth in the glory of heaven and the throne of god christians that is exactly what we need to do a man may be an earnest christian a man may be a successful worker he may be a christian that has had a measure of growth and advance but if he has not entered this fullness of blessing then he needs to come to a second and deeper experience of god's saving power he needs just as god brought him out of egypt through the red sea to come to a point where god brings him through jordan into canaan beloved we have been baptized into the death of christ it is as we say i have had a very blessed life and i have had many blessed experiences and god has done many things for me but i am conscious there is something wrong still 
i am conscious that this life of rest and victory is not really mine before christ got his life of rest and victory on the throne he had to die and give up all do you it too and you shall with him share his victory and glory it is as we follow jesus in his death that his resurrection power and joy will be ours and then comes our last point the fifth step in his wondrous path was he was lifted up to be forever with the father because he humbled himself therefore god highly exalted him wherein cometh the beauty and the blessedness of that exaltation of jesus for himself perfect fellowship with the father for others participation in the power of god's omnipotence yes that was the fruit of his death scripture promises not only that god will in the resurrection life give us joy and peace that passeth all understanding victory over sin and rest in god but he will baptize us with the holy ghost or in other words will fill us with the holy ghost jesus was lifted to the throne of heaven that he might there receive from the father the spirit in his new divine manifestation to be poured out in his fullness and as we come to the resurrection life the life in the faith of him who is one with us and sits upon the throne as we come to that we too may be partakers of the fellowship with christ jesus as he ever dwells in god's presence and the holy spirit will fill us to work in us and out of us in a way that we have never yet known jesus got this divine life by depending absolutely upon the father all his life long depending upon him even down into death jesus got that life in the full glory of the spirit to be poured out by giving himself up in obedience and surrender to god alone and leaving god even in the grave to work out his mighty power and that very christ will live out his life in you and me oh the mystery oh the glory and oh the divine certainty jesus christ means to live out that life in you and me what think you ought we not to humble ourselves before god have we been christians so many years and realized so little what we are i am a vessel set apart cleansed emptied consecrated just standing waiting every moment for god in christ by the holy spirit to work out in me as much of the holiness and the life of his son as pleases him and until the church of christ comes to go down into the grave of humiliation and confession and shame until the church of christ comes to lay itself in the very dust before god and to wait upon god to do something new and something wonderful something supernatural in lifting it up it will remain feeble in all its efforts to overcome the world within the church what lukewarmness what worldliness what disobedience what sin how can we ever fight this battle or meet these difficulties the answer is christ the risen one the crowned one the almighty one must come and live in the individual members but we cannot expect this except as we die with him i referred to the tree grown so high and beautiful with its roots every day for a hundred years in the grave in which the acorn died children of god we must go down deeper into the grave of jesus we must cultivate the sense of impotence and dependence and nothingness 
until our souls walk before god every day in a deep and holy trembling god keep us from being anything god teach us to wait on him that he may work in us all he wrought in his son till christ jesus may live out his life in us for this may god help us end of chapter six